You need to get away from camp, Esperanza, said Hortensia, as she handed her the grocery list and asked her to go to the market with Miguel. It is the first of spring, and it's beautiful outside. I thought you and Josefina always looked forward to marketing on Saturday, said Esperanza. We do, but today we are helping Melina and Irene make enchiladas. Can you go for us? Esperanza knew they were trying to keep her occupied. Mama had been in the hospital for three months, and Esperanza hadn't been allowed to visit for several weeks. Since then, Esperanza hadn't been acting like herself. She went through the motions of living. She was polite enough, answering everyone's questions with the simplest answers, but she was tormented by Mama's absence. Papa, Abuelita, Mama. Who would be next? She crawled into bed as early as possible each night, curled her body tight into a ball, and didn't move until morning. <clears throat> she knew Josefina and Hortensia were worried about her. She nodded to Hortensia, took the list, and went to find Miguel. Be sure you tell Miguel to go to Mr. Yakoda's market, Hortensia called after her. Hortensia had been right about the weather. The fog and grayness had gone. The valley air was crisp and clean from recent rains. They drove along fields of tall, feathery asparagus plants that she would soon be picking. Citrus groves displayed their leftover fruit like decorations on a Christmas tree. And even though it was still cool, there was, the, there was an expectancy that Esperanza could smell a rich, loamy odor that promised spring. Miguel, why must we always drive so far to shop at the Japanese market when there are other stores closer to Arvin? Some of the other market owners aren't as kind to Mexicans as Mr. Yakoda, said Miguel. He stocks many of the things we need, and he treats us like people. What do you mean? Esperanza. People here think that all Mexicans are alike. They think that we are all uneducated, dirty, poor, and unskilled. It does not occur to them that many have been trained in, profession in professions in Mexico. Esperanza looked down at her clothes. She wore a shirtwaist dress that used to be Mama's, and before that, someone else's. Over the dress was a man's sweater with several buttons missing, which was also too big. She leaned up and looked in the mirror. Her face was tanned from the weeks in the fields, and she had taken to wearing her hair in a long braid, like Hortensia's, because Mama had been right. It was more practical that way. Miguel, how could anyone look at me and think I was uneducated? 
He smiled at her joke. The fact remains, Esperanza, that you, for instance, have a better education than most people's children in this country. But no one is likely to recognize that or take the time to learn it. Americans see us as one big brown group who are good for only manual labor. At this market, no one stares at us or treats us like outsiders or calls, or calls us dirty greasers. My father says that Mr. Yakoda is a very smart businessman. He is getting rich on other people's bad manners. Miguel's explanation was familiar. Esperanza's contact with Americans outside the camp had been limited to the doctor and the nurses at the hospital, but she had heard stories from others about how they were treated. There were special sections at the movie theater for Negroes and Mexicans. In town, parents did not want their children going to the same school with Mexicans. Living away from town in the company camp had its advantages, she decided. The children all went to school together. White, Mexican, Japanese, Chinese, Filipino. It didn't seem to matter to anyone because they were all poor. Sometimes she felt as if she lived in a cocoon, protected from much of the indignation. Miguel pulled the truck into the parking lot at the market. I'll meet you. I'm going to talk about railroad jobs with those men gathered on the corner. Esperanza went inside. Mr. Yakoto was from Tokyo, and the store had all sorts of Japanese cooking ingredients, like seaweed and ginger and a fresh fish counter with fish that still had their heads. But there were Mexican products too, like masa de harina for tamales, chiles for salsa, and big bags of dried beans for frijoles. There was even cow's intestine in the meat case for menudo, and other specialties like chorizo and pig's feet. Esperanza's favorite part of the store was the ceiling that was crowded with a peculiar combination of Japanese paper lanterns and piñatas shaped like stars and donkeys. There was a small tissue donkey that Esperanza had not noticed before. It was like the one Mama had brought, bought her a few years ago. Esperanza thought it was so cute that she had refused to break it, even though it had been filled with sweets. Instead, she hung it in her room above her bed. A clerk walked by and impulsively, she pointed to the miniature piñata. Por favor, she said, please. She bought the other things she needed, including another money order. That was one more benefit of Mr. Yakota's market. She could buy money orders there. She was waiting in the truck when Miguel came back. Another money order? What do you do with them all? Asked Miguel. I saved them in my valise. They're, they're for such small amounts, but together they'll be enough to someday bring Abuelita here. And the piñata? It's not anyone's birthday. I bought it for Mama. I'm going to ask the nurse to put it near her bed so she'll know that I'm thinking of her. We can stop by the hospital on the way back. Will you cut a hole in the top for me so I can put some caramels inside? The nurses can eat them. He took out his pocket knife and made an opening in the piñata. While Miguel drove, Esperanza began feeding in, feeding in the 
Carmel's, excuse me. Not far down the main road, they approached an almond grove. The trees flush with gray green leaves and white blossoms. Esperanza noticed a girl and a woman walking hand in hand, each with a grocery bag in her other arm. She couldn't help but think what a nice scene it made with the two women framed against so many spring blossoms. Esperanza recognized one of them. I think that is Marta. Miguel stopped the truck, then slowly backed up. We should give her a ride. Esperanza reluctantly nodded, remembering the last time they'd given her a lift. But she opened the door. Esperanza and Miguel, que buena suerte. What good luck, said Marta. This is my mother, Ada. Thanks for the ride. Marta's mother had the same short, curly black hair, but hers was sprinkled with gray. Miguel got out and put all the groceries in the trunk of the bed so they could sit in the front. Ada said, I heard about your mother, and I've been praying for her. Esperanza was surprised and touched. Thank you. I'm grateful. Are you coming to our camp? asked Miguel. No, said Marta. As you probably know, I'm not welcome there. We're going a mile or so up the road to the striker's farm. We were tossed out of the migrant workers' camp, and we're told, er and we're told either to get back to work or leave. So we left. We aren't going to work under those disgusting conditions and for those pitiful wages. Ada was quiet and nodded when Marta talked about the strike. Esperanza felt a twinge of envy when she noticed that Marta never let go of her mother's hand. There are hundreds of us together at this farm, but thousands around the country, and more people join our cause each day. You are new here, but in time you'll understand what we're trying to change. Turn left, she said, pointing to a dirt road rutted with tire marks. Miguel turned down the path, bordered in cotton fields. Finally, they reached several acres of land by chain link fencing and barbed wire. Its single opening guarded by several men wearing armbands. A key, right here, said Ada.